Our lives are full of reconstruction. We are a constant construction zone. Every day, in fact, we see warning signs of catastrophes waiting to happen, heavy machinery being operated even without a license. I can just see the orange and red lights flashing. Think about it for a minute. Our bodies, our minds, even our spirits. We are still comprehending as an entire society how we even operate, and yet we attempt to do so at supersonic speeds, and ultimately we want the exterior to be picture perfect. Just like the starting choice of the magazine clipping we are getting when we are looking for influence for our renovations and our home remodels. We delicately pick out all the fine details, from the paint color all the way down to the trim and style of the crown molding. Meanwhile, have we figured out how we're going to pay for it? How it's going to blend with the rest of the choices in the home? How we are going to like it even 5, 10, 20 years from now? Do we take the same caution, time, and precision with our hearts? Or with raising our children or growing our marriages? let alone the conversation around how delicately we do or don't design our spiritual lives. Personally, I am tired of living in the chaos of a construction zone, and I think today's guest is too. Actually, in fact, I know she is, and I so love that this concept so beautifully weaved through the entire message. I want to stop trying to take the reins and the title of the general contractor and let God do the constructing on my life. God, I pray that our lives may be designed in your will, in your way, in your timing, and with your architectural plan. May we recognize the caution signs and not just slap on the exterior paint to fix it, but instead take the time to carefully construct the foundations of our lives. We are all in pursuit of something more. Wherever, whatever, or whoever your more is, I want to help you get there. Holy fully, authentically, and truly fit. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. I learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's about the wholeness of our heart and the root of our joy. This isn't a fitness podcast. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy. This isn't confusing religious banter. This is a whole body health checkup, focusing on the heart. This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shapers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories to wholeness. If you're one step away from achieving your idea of something more, tune in for practical, fun, and healthy ways to ignite yourself into even more. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamerlane Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Episode 26 oh, wow. of the Fit and Faith um, podcast. We have been live since March, so it's cool to see it like continual. I was talking to my husband the other day. I'm like, you know, babe, this is so cool. Like the consistency of this is the fruit. I can see the fruit as I remain consistent. And I had no idea what the intent was of the podcast when I first started as far as duration. And I can't imagine not doing it because mm. it's such a like 
fun quality time of like dedicated intent to just be with people Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully share some insight and some good, the good news with others. Um, So it's been fun, but I'm excited to introduce you to Dana Shea Williams. If you don't know her, which she's a new friend of mine, um, there's lots to learn. And it's been really cool getting to know her over the course of the past few weeks. Uh, She's a speaker, a writer, a pastor, a mama, a wifey, um, a visionary, a dreamer. And um, she's going to share some of that insight on what that looks like today. Um, So, yeah, I'm just really thankful to have you here. Thank you for having me. This is fun. It's going to be really excited. Yeah, it's going to be really good. So I know, I mean, I don't even know where to start. This is always the best. Like, where should we jump in? Right. Uh, We were talking about her name, which I think is really fun. So I was like, do I introduce you with this middle piece? And she's like, yeah, Shay is a part of me. So share like where that came from, how that evolved. And I'll tell you a touch point of how it's like that for me too. Absolutely. So um, as Tamara said, so I'm Dana Shay Williams. And so the Shay, C-H-E, is a shortened ver- uh, version of my middle name, which is Cherie, C-H-E-R-I-E. So when I was growing up, I had an aunt that just would call me Dana Shea, Dana Shea. And so my maiden name was Brown. My married name is Williams. And so it's like boring, boring. And so um, when I was writing my first book, I was like, what should I write under? You yeah. know, like I don't want a boring name. And yeah. plus there's a like a very famous author, Dan, Dan. Brown. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't want people, Can't I mean, be. I wouldn't be upset if they confused me sure, with it. Sure, sure. But I was just trying to think of what, could be like what could stand out and so I I landed on Dana Shea I love that so I wanted to do the same thing with a pen name and I haven't officially published my book yet so I technically could still do it Mm -hmm. but I really contemplated even with my business just doing it under Tamara Lee and Lee is my middle name and I I just I've always loved Lee and Tamara is fairly not normal I mean it's kind of rare I know a lot of especially the way you spell it true yeah Yeah. that Tamara right boring just the way it sounds it just is Tamara yeah which I really like (laughs) Which, by the way, thanks, Mom. She couldn't quite figure out what my name was going to be. She decided a week before I was born via The Price is Right. Tamara, okay. come on now. And she's like, that's it. That's it. The Lord speaks in mysterious <laughs> ways. That's it. So maybe I was born for something, a TV show host or something. <laughs> it's fun. Um, but yeah, so I, I really, as I was kind of deciding, it was a kind of a part of a mini identity crisis, I kind of felt. Hmm. I was a Cornwell my whole life. And I really always thought like I would keep that name because it was so rooted in like who I was and my family is huge and we were all very family oriented, love my family. And you you know, even considered, oh, I'm not going to take his name um, or I'm going to have my last name as my middle name so I don't lose that part of myself. Um, your name doesn't really identify who you are at all right. at the end of the day. I think that our biggest name is that we're a daughters of the king. Mm-hmm. But in my, my trivial time of trying to comprehend who I was before knowing who I was in the Lord, I had a really hard time like deciding my name. It was just a really weird, I don't know if other people walk through that experience either when they get married. Mine was like years after, even though I decided when I got married to take his name. Mm-hmm. To I loved Lee, so I didn't drop corn. I just dropped Cornwell. Um, but this to this day, like I now own Andress in such a different way than I ever did. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because like my husband and I have been so reunited in our marriage mm-hmm. that it's um, such like power yeah like it's like because it's we mm-hmm. in that and versus me like taking it in a different way yeah. so 
I think names are so interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting that you're talking about that because I did keep my maiden name. Okay. And the reason is because I got married at 18, literally one month after my 18th birthday, and we had a son. He was six weeks old. So my thing was... (laughs) I just didn't want to be in Farm Fresh with my little infant and yeah. people think I'm a single mom. Yeah. I don't even, like, it makes no sense sure. because no one's going to, like, actually read my ID when I, you know, show them my right, ID. Right. But it was just this thought of, like, I want to be legit. Yeah. I want people to know yeah. that my maiden name, you yeah. know, I am a married woman. Yes. And so I kept it. But the funny thing is, on all of my legal paperwork, yeah. for school, for Pretty much everywhere, everyone writes Dana Cherie Williams. They do, so they don't even, yeah. So, like, Brown has just, like, evaporated. So, and I've thought about legally changing my name. Sure. Because everyone, no one. there anyway. Yeah, Yeah. no one knows me as Dana Brown Williams. Yeah, well, now, that's on my driver's license. 20 years you've been married. Yeah. That's courageous. So, longer married and alive Mm -hmm. than unmarried and alive. Right. That's crazy. Do you remember hitting that 18th year and being like, oh, my gosh, we've been together half of my life? I do. I do. And actually. I, I remember that a little because we've been together since I was 14 okay. so I remember when I was like in my early 30s being like oh my gosh I have been with him like more than half of my life yes. and so and we grew up together you know it's just been a really That's neat experience so crazy you have yeah. to tell us more so you yeah. guys met in what 14 high school or middle well, school well we actually met when I don't even know I was like I just remember him when I was about 5 years old we okay. went to the same church so he was my sister's friend my sister's 3 okay. years older than me okay. and so that was just some boy yeah. that was in our class, you know, I didn't like, you know, his family sure. went to our church and we all knew each other because it was a small church. Yeah. Um, but then fast forward to when I was in high school, I had skipped a grade. So okay. I was in 10th grade, but I was 14. Okay. And um, we went to a small Christian school where there weren't many brown people there. Yeah. And so all of our friends were like, you guys should date, uh, you know? And so we ran in the same circles and stuff like that. And I was like, ew, that's my sister's friend. Yeah. You know, that's my, actually funny. I have to be honest my sister and him actually used to date <laughs> i could not take that that's so funny but you know when you're in high school you're you're, oh, da- yeah. you're like passing notes you're sure. hanging out on the couch watching whatever show yeah. like it yeah. wasn't serious it's so true. and um that's so awesome. but even still i was like that's my sister's friend and so i don't know what happened like that second part of my sophomore year it was like you know, I and you. we started hanging out in a different yeah. way. And so, yeah, we've just been together so ever since. cool. It's so mm-hmm. wild that it's been that long. I, I mean, know. My husband and I have been together for going on 11 years, including dating and married life. And I haven't hit that, like, halfway mark. But yeah. I actually knew his brother and was friends with his brother for seven years before I even knew he had a hot older brother. Wow. So I, it's, like, crazy that God used our siblings right. in that scenario. Yes. And I feel like if people could, like, zoom back from their lives they would see like connectivity points that they would have never even realized so true and good thing I didn't date his younger brother because that probably would have been awkward yeah <laughs> just yeah. in the sense of like <laughs> I don't know I, it would have been different but I dated right. all of his brother's friends so that's so funny <laughs> yeah. yeah that was not those are my like high school days right yeah what is dating at right. that point now I asked my sister I was like do you do you care she was right. like girl bye like no <laughs> I do not like yeah it. she was not even that's mm-hmm. so cool yeah that's awesome so yeah. you guys have how many babies now you have, we have four okay. yes and they're not babies anymore oh my god they're 20 my son actually he moved out my oldest moved out but he came over last night uh, and yeah. 
that's just been a whole other experience, like yeah. parenting a real adult right. who's like not living with you anymore. Oh my goodness. Um, so 2017, 12, and 10. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the 20 year old, I could imagine, like, you still want reins on like their safety and their what they're doing and their decisions. Oh, and yeah. you have none of that. Oh, no. I mean, he's making a major life decision right now <gasps> concerning his career yeah. that, you know, I'm like, I'm praying for him. Yeah. I'm speaking. Both my husband and I were speaking into that decision. Right. But he's already got his mind made up that he wants to do what he feels is best for him. Right. And so sure. at the end of the day, we told him, we believe in you. We support you. Yeah. You're going to kill it, yeah, you know, yeah, regardless of, of what you do. Yeah. Um, and I truly do believe that. And I told him, I said, this is your life. You yeah. have to live your life. Yeah. And um, I don't want to live your life for you. But... I still am here to like offer you guidance. Yeah. And, and so that's been the, the tricky part is knowing that, you know, your role switches. Yeah. You're not there really? to say, this is what you're going to do. This is right. why you're there really just to kind of advise. Yeah. Yeah. And at least, and even like them, him coming to you for that advice is a huge thing. Oh, that I, means a lot. I mean, because huge. I'm going to say just six months ago yeah. when he was living with us, he would have never done that. Right? He would have never done that. That's so weird. Yeah. I feel like I could attest to that. Like being like, oh, I'm a free bird. Like I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Let me show you kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Exactly. Versus then having those moments to be like, oh, I probably should have asked for some discernment because I had no discernment. Mm -hmm. I I just was like, oh, this feels good. Let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) Oh, that looks good. Let's do that. And I don't think I really like, I was always just on autopilot. I don't think I really like analyzed things the way that I should have. And Mm -hmm. now everything is, is this in line with this? Is this in line with this? How does this affect this person? How does this affect this person? And I'm thankful for it. It might sound like micromanaging, but it's, it is so much more wise Mm -hmm. (laughs) that way. Mm -hmm. And what comes out of those decisions is so much more fruitful. Right. Um, so yeah. I, I, I think it's more, it's definitely a wisdom thing. It's an mm-hmm. age thing. But for him to do that at 20, that's awesome. Right. And then for us to reinforce, like, the values that we've taught him all these years. Like, I told Mm -hmm. him, I said, you know, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end it leads to death. And so Mm -hmm. there's our idea of what seems right isn't always what is right. So I'm like, have you prayed about it? You know, I'm the type, when I'm making, like, a major decision, I have my pros and cons. Yeah. Right? But then I'm like, Lord, what do you want? And I told him last night, I said, you know... Chris is his name. I said, you know, Chris, you can do the right thing in the wrong season. Yeah, and so, so true. you know, and so and, and seeing that stick, mm-hmm. you like, again, when he was living with us, it was just like, wonk, 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 yeah. wonk, 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 yeah. you know, but now for that freedom flag. To yes, fly. Yeah, yeah. yes. But I think he's he's more mature mm-hmm. and he really like takes in what we say now, which That's is amazing. like, yeah, it's really good. It's so been a bit. I mean, I feel like we have a way better relationship with him not living with us now That's than amazing. we do when he was home. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. That's like every mom's dream right mm-hmm. I mean obviously it'd be great if they were liked you when they were there too but that's <laughs> right. sometimes that's just the way that it is I'm learning that as a six-year-old uh, I'm like buddy you got a long time with me you better figure it out right exactly we're still we're try, still trying to navigate like our emotions in our household gotcha. and learning like this is how you feel but the reason you feel this way is because you're not communicating how you feel so mm. don't get frustrated mm-hmm. let's learn to like talk through your emotion and feel Good. it I want you to feel it but you have to be able to talk through it otherwise you're just bottling it up right and and it comes out as anger, mm-hmm. which there's a reason for that too. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So you have your 20 year old and then boy again, boy. Yep. yep. So it's boy, boy, girl, boy, boy. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Only one girl. That's yep. right. How yep. is that for her? She can hold her own. Let me she tell does. you, she came out of this world. I mean, have I told you my, her born in the car story? No. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. This little girl was ready to go. She was like, I have things to do. I'm coming. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, on the way to the hospital. Oh, not even. Like, we, like, so I I love telling this story. So I was, um, all of my kids are born about seven to eight days early. Okay. okay? Okay. So it was about, I think it was day eight. Like, she was doing eight days. And I had a doctor's appointment that day, 12 o'clock. Never forget. Went to Chesapeake General. Yep. And I'm four centimeters dilated. But I wasn't in, like, horrible, like, labor. Yeah, sure. Now, they will admit you at four centimeters. Okay, but you okay. have to be, like, in active labor. Sure. And so I was still having, like, very irregular contractions. Yeah. And so my doctor's like, oh, you'll probably have her later in the week. Yeah. Okay, fine. So we go across the street to IHOP to eat. <laughs> and so we're sitting there, me, my husband, Sean, and Chris. Chris yep. was two years old. Um, at the time, and so we're eating, and I'm really starting to feel like uncomfortable, yeah. more uncomfortable. But I wouldn't classify it as labor. Sure. So I'm going to work that day, and everything, like dressed and everything, oh going to work. Oh my god! And so I told Sean, I'm like, "Can you just take me home? I just want to take a nap before I go to work." Yeah. And he's like, "No, I think I want to keep you with me. Best decision oh, he has made, right?" My gosh. He's like, "I'm going to keep you with me." So yep. we go to my mother-in-law's house, yeah. and he's outside cutting her yard. And it was like, as soon as we walked into the threshold of my mother-in-law's house, yeah, my contract went from being like irregular all over the place to like six minutes apart and then it was like four minutes and then like every four minutes for like I don't know a couple of cycles and then it was like two minutes and I'm like so fast I I think I'm about to have the baby so I go outside and I'm like Sean we gotta go we gotta go and most men they're like okay I'll be right there (laughs) it's actually second child yeah maybe they come sprinting no 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 he's still cutting the grass still cutting the grass and I'm like I am about to have this baby so I go to run to the front door to tell him like we have to go and my water breaks and I'm like Oh shoot! Like I know she is coming. Right I can feel her like coming. And, yeah, you're and so out. the only thing I saw was my mother-in-law's couch, and I was like, I have to get over to the yeah. couch. Yeah. And so he finally comes in the house, and he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I have to go on the couch." He's like, "No, no, 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 no. Let's get in the car." Yeah. I'm like, "We're not gonna." I knew we were not, not gonna, gonna make, make it. it. And you know, God <laughs> created our bodies to know what to yes, do. Yes, like yes. you, I you're literally like, I was trying to like suck her in, yes. and that's just you're not gonna win that fight. Oh my god. <laughs> So I'm like, you know, freaking out, yeah. you know, Chris is in the back seat in this car seat and my mother-in-law lives in uh, Deep Creek. The, there's a fire station that's maybe two minutes away from okay. my house. Okay. So Sean's on the phone calling 911. He's like, my wife's in labor. I'm going to the fire station. And yeah. I'm like, fire station, what, what are they going to do? I didn't yeah. know that they were like trained EMTs sure, as well. Sure, sure, sure. So on the way to the fire station, like not to be graphic, but like she is coming. Oh. And so I lean as much as I can in, sh- in the right driver's seat the, so yep. that she won't fall on the stretch. floor. <laughs> and so like I like pulled my around, you know, and she is out. So oh, we pull up to the gosh. fire station and I didn't want to look. Uh-huh, like I didn't want to see. Uh-huh. And the cutest thing, Chris is sitting in the back and he leans up and goes, oh, a baby. <laughs> Oh my gosh. He sees her for everyone. Yes. And so I'm like, I don't want to look because I didn't know if she was on the floor. I didn't know what to expect. And so they came out, cut her cord, took her inside. You know, I'm like literally on George Washington Highway, like, hello. Like, you know, yes, 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 yes. yes. So she was born, to show you how fast it was, my doctor's appointment was at 12. She was born at 2.51. Oh, my gracious. A lot happened in that time frame. So everyone's like in my pictures. They're like, you look great for just, I had on earrings. I had on makeup. I I had on like street clothes. And I'm holding the newborn. (laughs) 
It was crazy. It was wild. That is so that insane. is her personality. Like she is like I have stuff to do. She's I'm ready. not waiting around. I like she can that. very much hold her own. I love that. So <laughs> your other kids were they born in the hospital? Did you go like the moment you felt anything? Yes. Yeah, so the third, so Corey was born in the hospital, but not with the doctor. Okay. He came before. He came too quick. Yep. Um, and so his nurse literally like caught him as he was about to fall on the floor. Oh. They didn't even break the bed down. Oh so from God. that point, I got put on the rapid birth list. Okay. <laughs> So they're like, if you have another baby, you have to come as soon as you feel your first contraction. Yeah. So what do I do? Fourth baby, Colin. I'm in praise and worship at church. It's so good. I was like, I don't want to leave. I'm in full labor. Okay. I'm like marking my contractions on the church bulletin. And Sean's like, we have to go. Like, it's time to go. I'm like, it's so good. So oh good. my gosh. And so like I get to the hospital with him and he's born like three hours later. That so is so awesome. <laughs> you have to have more just to keep I know, so right? easily. Like people do I know. not have that. So now all of them were completely natural. All of them completely natural, no drugs time. for anyone. Yeah. 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 Oh. Well once so Chris, I was young. I was yeah. seventeen when sure. I had Chris. Sure. And so I am deathly afraid of needles. So yeah. it's not even like I want this whole healthy yeah. thing. Uh-uh. I just, I'm afraid of that yeah. big old epidural <laughs> needle that I saw in Lamaze yeah. class. And so I remember being in Lamaze and our instructor like showed us the epidural needle and I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not yeah. doing that. Good, so whatever I have to do to not get that. Yeah. And so, um, and his labor was long. I was started oh. labor with him at six o'clock in the morning. He wasn't born until nine o'clock that night. Oh, yeah. And so at that day. point, I'm like, give Exhausted. me something. Like yeah. I'm just, but I had told my family, yep. no matter what I say. Don't. don't let me get the epidural. Oh I told them this like a couple of weeks before. Yeah. And oh, they stuck to it. They stuck to it. And th- you're helpless. Yeah. There's nothing I can do other than scream yes. and threaten them. Yes. Um, but they were like, no, you said, I remember you said, you know. Were so, you mad at certain points? Oh, I like, was so mad. I was like, epidural. I'm not playing. <laughs> like... Because oh I not only was I in crazy labor, but I had Pitocin with Christopher, oh, yes. which so is just of the really devil. Hard. Oh my God. Yeah, so here I am, this oh. young mom, not even having experienced labor before yeah. with Pitocin and no nothing to help me. You're like, this is the worst day of my life. Oh my God. Now I was like, I'm going to jump off the, the, I was saying all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm going to jump out of the window. I'm going to kill all of you. Like I was oh just so God, angry. And so, yeah. So, and I think that was in the back of my mind when I was having Kayla. So I didn't have Pitocin, obviously, with her. So I was like, this hurts, but it doesn't hurt like that. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just have a really high pain tolerance, I think. Clearly. (laughs) I'm like, that's insane. I I did the opposite where I, like, wanted it to be... Like, I want to be all natural. I can do this. It was almost like a badge of honor where I was like, I'm going to do this because I want to. And I, we're really holistic people for the most part anyway, but not nearly as much as we are now mm-hmm. then. And no, it was, I was about, I was throwing up every contraction was my birth story. No. Every single contraction in my kitchen sink. Uh, just every single one. He's like, we got to go. I'm like, I'm going to throw up in the car. Like, this is not going to be okay. Right. So on top of the pain and like sitting back like this, because I couldn't sit regular because it hurt so bad. I had a barf bag with me. And he's like, my husband just kept yelling, it's okay. You're not going to get sick. You're not going to get sick. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> like, I'm going to throw up on you if you don't give me the barf bag. So I actually get into the hospital at Princess Anne and I ended up puking all over the reception desk because I didn't have anything. And I told them I'm going to get sick. They're asking me for my ID. I'm like, I need something. And I was like, Oh, well, there it is. I told you. And they were all like, 
even the nurses responded like, oh my gosh, get her into triage. So I was in there and I'm like, I'm good. I don't want it. I don't want it. Throwing up, throwing up, throwing up. And finally they were like, you probably need an epidural because it will help with just like Zofran would or whatever. Okay. And I was like, I think I'm good. I think I want that thing because mm-hmm. I am about mm-hmm. to. And then there was an hour and a half wait. And for so, the epidural. Yeah, oh. Because the doctor was, or the epidural person was in, the anesthesiologist was in another surgery. Okay. And so they were like, you're going to have to wait. So I was screaming and throwing up and screaming. It is the it is the worst time of your life as far as like just, there's, there's no cuteness. There's everything. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, I remember just... my, water, my water breaking and being like, what does it look like? Is it bloody? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't look. It's not. It's okay. Because you just felt like a balloon bursting inside of you. It was the craziest thing. The funny thing is when I think of labor and I think I actually, for my admissions um, job at Friends the other day, I got to call someone and they're like, they're enrolling their son while their third baby was being born. And they Mm -hmm. called and they were like, um... He's, we're actually in labor right now. And I was like so giddy because that is my favorite part of pregnancy. I want to hear the birth story. I want to know. I want to have another baby just to have a birth story. Because oh, wow. I just want to have a baby. That's like the best, most beautiful thing, even though it's crazy traumatic. Right. I mean, I just like, I want to cut the cord. I want my husband, like to see my husband in that new daddy moment. Yeah. Like, I just love every part of it. Oh, wow. I've actually had the... Um, the treasure to photograph a couple of my sister's babies oh, wow. like during the newborn um, component and actually yeah. being in there with my latest nephew. Um, and it was it's just the most wildest thing. Like, wow. I would love to, at some point when I was working in the maternity world, considered being like getting my doula certification oh, wow. and photo- like photography simultaneously. Um, I never ended up doing it, but I love it that much. Wow, Tamara, yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah. Now, I'm, I don't like bodily fluids. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I remember telling my mom when I was pregnant with my first, I'm like, yeah. if they bring that like cheesy, gooey baby yeah. over to me, I'm going to be like, you need to wipe it off first. And she's like, there's no way, Dana, you when you have your son, yeah. you're just... I'm going to tell I you, I promise you. When they tried to like put him up on me, I was like, um, to Take the sink. It. Like Take I it. yeah, to the sink. Wipe him down now, do and then you bring know him back. That they don't do that. Like they don't take give the baby a bath at all for the first twenty four hours now. Oh, I did not know yeah. that. So they might wipe them with a towel and like get all that off, but they don't bathe oh, they don't bathe them anymore. Wow. There's something about like that being on top of them. Okay. And, like, it's I mean, it makes sense. Sure. You know, they're I mean, coming out of like being in water yeah. for nine months. Yeah. To, you probably yeah. need to like put soap on them. <laughs> like, it's probably right. not the best thing. Yeah. I don't think they do that. I think it's just usually water. But yeah, yeah so now it's a whole, you have yeah. to like see the gunk coming out of their ears. <laughs> and see, like, I think that may have been like part of the reason I didn't want to look at Kayla. Cause like, I yeah. just, like, you know, like, even think like my kids make fun of me. Like, I hate to Anything. say this, but like, if they're sick, yeah. I'm like, I can't. You're going to have to like, wait until dad thing. gets home because I can't clean that up. Like, I have this thing with bodily fluids. And so I would I would not last a second, like, <laughs> as a, a nurse. Or, someone told me, you should be, like, a, a midwife or, like, a doula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I would if I didn't have to be in there for the delivery. Right. <laughs> I would love to encourage them and pray for them and do all those things. Right. I'll stay over here. Exactly. <laughs> so good. That's so awesome. Yeah. I love birth stories. I'm so glad we got into that conversation. It's so funny. So now they're older, mm-hmm. but now, like, where in all of that has your faith come into play from a mothering perspective and like I want to hear about your book and like pastoring a church I want all the things oh yeah oh my goodness that's a loaded question it is um you know I I, because I had children so young I mean by the time I was 20 I had two kids Mm -hmm. 
And so um, I think that there was a part of that that I just always, I was always trying to do like everything by the book. Sure. I still am that way. Yeah, like I'm sure. very much a rule follower. I love sure. rules. They're yeah. great. Um, and so, but I put so much pressure on myself as a young mom. Yeah. And so I think what that did is it caused a lot of um, anger in yeah. me. Like I was yeah. angry at myself. I was angry at the world. My husband and I had a horrible marriage at that time in our mm-hmm. marriage. Um, and I was just angry a lot. Now, on the outside, I wasn't walking around like mad. Sure. It was all like boiling inside. Yeah. And the slightest things would just set me off. Mm, and so um, I was actually just looking at, we're having our bathroom remodeled. And so like okay. everything is everywhere right now. Yeah. And so I was in my dining room having my devotions this morning because I couldn't be in my room because yeah. there's contractors in my room. Yep. And um, so there's an old family photo that we have. And it's sitting on the floor because I've been needing to change it out for two years. But it's okay. been sitting on the floor for two years. Okay. Um, anyway, I just happened to look at that photo and I'm looking at my daughter who was probably five at the time we just had Corey so yeah Corey was a baby in that picture and then Chris was like eight and I thought I remember being such an angry mom during Mm. those stages and I literally like teared up like I just had so much regret because I was just so full of frustration and you know never feeling like I was doing a good enough job and Um, And then having these marriage struggles and not being where I wanted to be in life and just all of these things kind of converging. And I think the thing that really helped was um, I read a book by Julianne Barnhill called She's Gonna Blow, Real Help for Moms Dealing with Anger. Nice. I I preach that book to everybody. It helped me tremendously. Um, I didn't realize that there were things that I had experienced in childhood that if those things aren't addressed, they don't just go away. Right. You know, and you, I was a Christian, but those things were still there and they were just brimming under the surface. And so this book kind of talks about um, like a volcano. There's all this like activity going on underneath the surface and then boom, it just erupts. Absolutely. And that was kind of what I had, you know, been experiencing. And so, um, I walked for many of years just, you know, like falling into like, and I never like hit my kids out of anger, thank God, but it was, I was a yeller and, um, and my tongue is sharp and this is how the enemy will play on that because my tongue is a weapon for the Lord. Like God has given me a gift to communicate and to speak. And so because God has given me that gift, the enemy is going to, exactly. He's going to come and try to pervert that That gift. And so when I speak, I can, I can be, my tongue can cut, you know, and I would know, I, let me tell you, Tamara, like, I don't even know if I've ever explained it in this detail, but I would know exactly what to say, like a surgeon with, with precision. Like I know yeah. exactly what to say to cut you to the point where I need you to be cut. Yeah. And it was yeah. awful. It was mm-hmm. ugly. That's now awful. I never, yeah. now even with saying that I would never call my kids out of their name. Sure. I never told them they were stupid or none of that stuff. It yeah. was just very, um, even it was more so in my tone, Yeah, you know, sure. like if they would do something, it was, you know. I could get like this very angry tone. Yeah. And um, so I have a a lot of regret um, because of that. And just this morning, I just really felt the Lord saying like, Dana, that is not who you are. I have forgiven you. You have to stop living even to this very day. You know, like you have got to stop thinking about like, oh, I wish, you know, I could go back and change. I wish I could have been a happier mom in those years. And I do wish that, but I can't beat myself up over sure, that. Sure, you know? absolutely. And just giving that wisdom to one to your daughter one day when she becomes a mom and then to your husband or your your boys' mm-hmm. wives and allowing them the same like grace in your testimony to right. say this is where I was and being able to like guide them through that. Right. Um, I think that that's often how it feels that if you don't have freedom in the Lord, 
you don't have freedom in motherhood. Mm -mm. You just, you can't. Mm -mm. And whether you're, you feel like, or you portray that you have it all together. And of course with our, you know, our outward extrinsic world, that often is what we see and like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, she has them all dressed perfectly. She matches them Mm -hmm. and they're all getting pumpkin picking done. (laughs) Like, it's like, how are they doing this? Like so good. I didn't even think about that. And it's October 30th. Yeah. And so we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and when you were young at that time with the kids, you didn't have all of that. Mm-mm. So to, we still have those emotions regardless of what's happening mm-hmm. externally because there's so much internal like change happening, desire. Like you said, you being so young, none of your friends had kids. None. So you're watching them go to college, start their job. Absolutely. You have two kids at home with an unhappy husband. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why am I in this place? Exactly. And still believing in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So what, at what point where is there this shift in your relationship with your husband that you and Sean were able to say, let's get a grip on this? Mm-hmm. And was it before your third baby or? Yeah. So yeah. I will say, honestly, I think there was a season where my focus was so much on my marriage. Like mm-hmm. every, I was consumed with like making my marriage work, yeah. you know, and I was reading all the books and I was trying to get him to go to church and he yeah. didn't really want to go to church at times and he didn't want to read the books and he mm-hmm. didn't want to go to the conferences and it was just consuming me. And yes. that fueled even more of my anger. Interesting. Um, I didn't want to divorce him. I didn't believe in divorce. Um, and I was just like, you know, I, I'm just miserable. I was just so miserable. And the Lord used that to show me that I had made my husband an idol. Mm. I had made my marriage an idol. Wow. And so God called me back to him. I had a season of walking away from the Lord um, from my late teens to the time I was about 20, 21 years old. Okay, okay. And so at that point, though, I would already had the two kids. Sure, sure. And so God used a lot of that to bring me back to him and to let me know that no matter how great your husband is or he will become, he will never be able to be your God, mm-hmm. nor should he. For first of all, most husbands yeah. don't want to be your God. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Too much pressure. Yeah. But two, like that's not the place where our husbands belong. So and so when I rededicated my life to the Lord, I just like jumped in feet yeah. first, and yeah. I was like, Jesus, you are it for me. Yeah. Like I pray that you save this man, and you get he gets himself yeah. together. But if he doesn't, yeah. like. I've got you. Me and you. Yeah. 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 And so that helped me um, a lot as I started learning about my identity, as I started learning about, you know, who I am in Christ. And, you know, I had gone, I had been raised in a very um, evangelical Bible believing church, but lacked the teachings of the Holy Spirit. And so I didn't know about identity and who I was and, Mm -hmm. you know, what the Holy Spirit's role in my life was. I didn't know any of that. And so during this point, I was going to um, more of a Holy Spirit-filled church. And so I started learning about the ministry gifts of the Spirit and that, you know, God wasn't just my Savior. Jesus wasn't just my Savior, but there was a Holy Spirit who wants to be my comforter, you know, my advocate, my friend, all of those things. And so I just, like I said, jumped like feet first in and I really started just immersing myself in the word and whether my husband came to church or not, yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. You know, I wasn't I'm where I want to be in God, where God wants me to be. Right. Yeah. And I would still pray for him, but yeah. there, I definitely stopped trying to be his Holy spirit. Yeah. Cause I spent many years doing that. Sure. Like, you know, if we were in church and I was taking notes, I'd look over to see if he was taking notes, you know, and if he yeah. wasn't, I was like, Oh, 
you know, or I'd be like, so what did you get out of the message? You know, and I didn't really want to know what he got. I wanted to tell him what he should have got. Right. (laughs) You know, and so I heard um, this for you. That's right. The Lord told me to to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. And then my mom one day with her wonderful self said, you know, out of first Peter three, like there's a scripture that says that, you know, the husband may be won over without a word. And I'm like, that wasn't written for me. <laughs> the Lord has told me that I need words. He's gifted me to yes, speak. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so I think that the changing point for me was when I took my focus off of him yeah. and all the things, all of my disappointments, all of my regrets. Yeah. I just took my focus off of that. And I was like, Lord, where you have me now yeah. is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And I just want to grow in you. I want to learn about you. I want to be be more like you. Yeah. And yeah. so he, of course, when you pray, that is a dangerous prayer Ooh, to pray. Yeah. Oh, he's coming at you. Oh, he's, he's like, you want to be right like me, really? After you. Oh, let me show you who you really are. Yeah. And then you see, like, who you really are in yeah. light of who he is. Oh, gotcha. And that revelation can either yeah. drive you closer to the Lord or yeah. it can drive you away from yeah. him. Yeah. Thank God it drove me closer to him. And I started seeing all of my junk. And I was like, Lord, I don't want this. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be um, judgmental. I don't want to be unforgiving. I don't want to be those things. And I do not have the power to change myself. Yeah. I need you to be able to change me. And so he did and he has and he still is. Yes. Oh, yeah. That is <laughs> still always a work the word becoming just makes me so happy whenever yes. I see that. And for people to grasp hold of that because that air of perfectionism that can come alongside Christianity where people mm. are like, oh, they think they're perfect. And it's like, no, we're the worst <laughs> because we're the ones raising our hands saying that we aren't perfect, that's that right. we don't have it right. And the people who aren't able to get to that place yet, that's the place of not being able to submit. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at the end of the day, like if we could all just get on our knees, we would all be on equal playing field mm. instead of the people trying to boast to this higher platform right. or the people who are in so much shame that they can't even get to their knees because they're just flat out right. in some sort of regret or shame or guilt. Right. And it's like, it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's where my heart breaks. And I, I prayed that prayer, like God, let my heart break for what, how yours breaks for mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. And also let me see through your eyes of hope that is in this world that's right um because it is like through my own testimony through the words that you're sharing like there is so much hope but it doesn't come because we are in this place of like any sort of perfectionism Mm. it is so far from that oh yeah and a continual just again grace as we become more like him Mm -hmm. and that isn't ever even going to happen even when we're in heaven we won't be like jesus Mm -hmm. we'll be next to him and with him but I just feel like it's a constant state of, of submission mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that comes in relationships as well. And if you can practice it in relationships, I had to for sure in my relationship with my husband because I was always right. Mm. I was always, again, I was the one speaking. How do you feel? Hold on. Let me tell you how you feel. You should feel this way or um, making decisions. I was the first to make the decision and that it was that way or no way. Mm. Um, unintentionally, I think for a lot of it, um, not in a state of like of ownership, but just the subconscious of I'm right. And to the point where when we first started dating, we would be around my family and so much so that people would call us out and be like, you guys are always like fighting about who's right in a loving way. We were always like, no, that's not right. No, that is right. And this is when iPhones were just coming out because it was right after my BlackBerry transition. <laughs> I'm aging myself. Oh, and we wow. would say, Blackberry. right, remember all the numbers and all the letters? <laughs> um, we would say like, oh, I'm, go- I'm Googling it. So we would Google each other all the time around the kitchen table. We'd be talking. I'm like, I don't think that's right. 
And we would come, somebody would come back and be like, well, actually, da 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 And we still loved each other through it. It was never like a place of like hurt or hate, but that simmers, right? Like even without you realizing it. Yeah. And when I came to know the Lord, it was a huge place where Gary was in a constant space of wanting respect. And he didn't ever say like, I want you to respect me. If anything, he would just admire the way other relationships were that were in the Lord and be mm-hmm. like, I love how she respects him and say those things. And it irked the hell out of me, mm-hmm. honestly. I was like, Did you think it was like, hint, hint? Right, uh-huh. I did. I immediately took that. And I honestly think he was just, like the heart that he has, he was just vocalizing something that he saw that he liked. Yeah. But it, of course, immediately I took it on as a blanket of shame being like, oh, you don't think I respect you? Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? But in that same moment, I always feel like there's a space for us to reflect. When we have that emotion and that's our immediate response, that likely means that there's room to grow. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so for us to say, okay, if, if that's what he likes, then he's not earning that in the same. He's not feeling like he has that. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if he was like, that's awesome that she respects him. Like, it just reminds us so much of our relationship. No, that's not, yeah, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. <laughs> and so it became this place of like, desire for me to learn the concept of respecting your husband Mm -hmm. and allowing him to take the head of the household and allowing him to guide our family and lead our family as God intended for him to do. Mm -hmm. And we're so incredibly matched and, and, um, purposed in our relationship. And yet we never knew how to give up the reins that God wanted us to in Mm -hmm. order for God to direct that, but then to let Gary be the spiritual head of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a beautiful like transition watching him grow in the Lord, um, even even when it's not the same pace as I am. It's mm-hmm. a different. It's just different. We don't pray the same way. We don't desire the same things in our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, we just want God to be first, and I think that it's really important for us to understand as wives, as mothers, as friends, like. The way we have a relationship with the Lord is not the way that our sisters are going to have a relationship with the Lord. Right. And so as I walk into this experience of having my retreat coming up this week, I'm so excited. I've just been in like such a prayerful and grateful spirit of thinking like, I want to guide them into knowing you, but I want them to have this relationship for themselves, Mm -hmm. not because they see me in relationship with you, but because they see you in me. And so um, it's going to be, it's just interesting for us to just take a step back as we're like in our own marriages and in our own, every relationship that we have. And it's mm-hmm. not about, what are you writing down? Did you get what I got? Right. I hope you didn't get what I got because I want to learn what you got. That's right. You got something different. Yeah. yeah. And that's the way how the Bible is so powerful because mm-hmm. you can read a scripture and they can read a scripture and it means something totally different. It doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. It's what God's saying to them. Now we can pull things out of context and we can play with the words and when it's not under the Holy Spirit's guidance, absolutely, we can decipher something that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you're in the word and you're in the spirit and you're you know, born again Christian, the words that you're reading are meant for you mm-hmm. and they're meant to share, mm-hmm. but maybe it doesn't have the same message for every single person. That's right. why we need more pastors. We need more people speaking mm-hmm. out um, in their faith. Okay, wait, hold up. Before the episode continues, can you do a mic drop before the one-liner? I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm here to tell you about my girl Morgan with Heart Designs. Part of my passion is helping to illuminate the gifts within others. And this girl, y'all, she's a superstar. 
When it comes to all things digital marketing, from my PDF freebies to my website to logos or even event publicity, she's my go-to girl and she can be yours too. Go check her out now at www.heartdesigns.org. I mean, really, this podcast wouldn't even work if I didn't have her. Don't waste another minute. She'll be the mic drop to your dream. Well, that's why the Bible is timeless, too. You know, it's the number one bestseller for God knows how many years, you know. And it's because we can read the same book. I mean, we ourselves, we can, I have in my Bible scriptures highlighted and underlined that I'm like, I've never seen that before, you know. (laughs) Six years, you're a different And I'm like, clearly I have seen it because I've highlighted it. But like God is able to speak to us in different seasons in different ways. And so it's. You know, understanding that like our relationship with God is just so dynamic. It's not. That's why when people say things like the Bible is boring or I don't get anything out of it, I'm like, yeah. Do you know Jesus? Because if you know Him, the Bible says that like first of all, we need the Holy Spirit to illuminate Mm -hmm. His Word to us. But if you know Him, like I can't get enough of reading the Bible. Like I feel like I'm like I gotta sneak one in real quick. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like Like, I can't get enough of it because God's Word is alive. And it's powerful. Matter of fact, so I told you we're having our bathroom remodeled. Yes, so our house right. is like a construction oh, zone right now. But it's given us the opportunity to like clean out our yeah. closet, clean out under the bed, like oh, clean out all these areas. Yeah. And so I found this old journal, which I don't know, yeah. but I love finding journal. old journals. Yeah. I'm like, this is me from 2004. <laughs> this is That's what I was thinking so about. Cool. And I found this poem that yeah. I had written on the word of God. And I was like, this is some good stuff. Yeah. Like I need to publish this. Like this is <laughs> so good. good. But I was talking about how the word of God, I was like, you know, it cuts, but it heals, it mm. breaks, but it mends. And it was Good. like all of these, like, yeah. you know, differences yeah. and, and what the word does. And then I was like, at the end, it was like, um, what was the last three lines were like, I something the word. I live the word. I love the word. It was so, so good. good. All right. I expect a spoken word next time we're together. <laughs> you like, just like preach out. But so it's good. so true. Yeah. It's like I, it's been my driving force, mm. you know, so awesome. I don't make decisions just haphazardly. Yeah. I'm like, Lord, what do you say about this? What do you think about this? You know? Yeah. Um, and then I go to the word, like, yeah. you know, there's so much wisdom right. in there. And that's and, you know, my desire that's for people. That's the thing is people are always like, well, how do you hear from God? Or how do you um, have a relationship if it's just, I never hear from him. There's no response. So there's no relationship. And there is in so many different capacities. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to, um, I listen to my books on tape because I'm, I would love to hold a book. I just don't have the time with the babies. <laughs> yeah. And so it's um, Playing with Fire by Bianca Speedy. Hmm. And um, she's talking about the different um, giftings of the spirit and like how we can actually learn and hear from the Lord. And that there are seers and there are hearers and there are um, feelers. Hmm. And I thought that that was a good way of breaking it down for somebody who doesn't understand like prophetic versus um um, what's the other one where like you can uh, visionaries or apostles and things like that. And, um, I was just like, that's so true because I think people think that it's, it's, I don't know, a practiced thing. Mm-hmm. It is practice. And it, it, in, as you hone in on hearing from God, he'll come forth more, but just like in education where there's visual learners versus analytical people versus, you know, practical hands-on 
It's the same way with God. Mm -hmm. He teaches and he speaks just the way that you need him to. And my favorite thing is is in the concept of, of dreams. And like I can see visions via when I'm sleeping mm-hmm. or when I'm praying and it just like I can I can see it happening to the point where I know what you're wearing mm-hmm. and it's just the most beautiful experience really of conversation cool. with the Lord mm-hmm. he's not audibly speaking to me to right. rug, right. do this. Right. Like, right. I don't know what his voice would even sound like that was kind of creepy um, <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> why do we always make God sound like a creepy old man like if you think literally like it's like oh <sighs> You know, but and I do, and I agree with that. And I also think that like the baseline is his word. Yeah, you know, because there are a lot of times that like the enemy can come. He always tries to come and pervert every good thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was saying before. And so, if we don't know the word of God, then we can be so easily deceived. So, case in point, a few years ago, I had a friend come over, and she was in a relationship with a guy who was just not a a good guy. He was abusive, like Mm -hmm. physically abusive Mm -hmm. to her. Uh, so like I'm like hello like, yeah. like that's a no like, brainer. Yeah. Um, but she loved him and all this, mm-hmm. and so she literally said she was like you know I'm just waiting on a word from the Lord. Yeah. And I was like, and I said her name. I was like, the word of the Lord has come to you today. Yeah. That's you know get out. Yes. Like what are we doing yes. here? Yes. Yes. But yes. the yes. thing is, it's like if you're not reading your word, yeah. then you don't know what God says healthy relationships that look yeah. like. Yeah. You know, if you're not reading your word, you don't know that. Like I was telling my son, everything Ecclesiastes three, yeah. everything has a time and a season. So what looks good isn't always good, or maybe it's good, but it's not for the right time. And so what'll happen is we can, we can uh, use logic. Sometimes it sounds right, or maybe even feels right, but there's no baseline. And that's why we're seeing in our society with everything changing now, like traditions that have been held by the Christian church for years and years and years are starting to erode away Mm -hmm. because there's been a lack of biblical literacy. People don't know what the Bible says about very basic things. You know, when did marriage start becoming this thing that I'm doing to make me happy? Yeah. Like the saints never got married because they wanted to be happy. That wasn't the purpose of it, you know, but because people aren't reading, they don't know what marriage is a God instituted thing. Mm -hmm. They don't know what marriage is. They don't know the purpose of it. And so, so, hey, if I'm not happy, then I'm just going to get out of it. Absolutely. Yep. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's anything, right? Anything that's hard. Right. That's the immediate response Mm -hmm. is let me flee, though your friend didn't do that. She was like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make it work. And so maybe there's two. Maybe there's the flee or there's the fight (laughs) and the flight, right? There's people who fight for something that they really want, even against God's will. Or they're like, I'm out. This Mm -hmm. is not what you want for me. When God is like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Just stay with me and you'll learn from it. You'll grow from it. Mm -hmm. Um, Marriage, of course, the flight thing is not biblical. Mm -hmm. And learning to go through that, I mean, has been the biggest thing for my marriage. The biggest thing for myself, honestly, um, and while we are one for sure at this point in our relationship, still, again, becoming no means perfect. We tiff and fight and all the things, mm-hmm. but knowing that like we're in it together for the same reason mm-hmm. allows us, even on those hard days, even during those difficult times, for us to come back to the table and say, okay, we're going to get through this too, mm-hmm. just like we got through everything else. Um, so I can only imagine 20 years in. And then what that is like oh, yeah. for you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when, 
after you had your babies, was that when you came? Because now you're pastoring at New Life. Right. Is your husband alongside of you in that? What's he that is. Like? Oh, okay. my gosh. My husband, it's so funny how God puts two people together. Yeah. Like, we are night and day. And oh. that's in most relationships, you're like, this person is exactly the opposite of everything yeah. I am. So I've always been, like, in the front. Like, even when I was in yep. a little kid, you know, I'm sitting in the front row. Yeah. I want to be, like, right under that's my teacher's so nostrils. <laughs> you know, like, I want to be right here. And, you know, I'm elite. I'm, like, a out. You know, yep. out uh, outspoken leader. Yep. You know, I'm not in the background right. at all. You're the you know, yep. yeah. I mean, yep. if I'm in a room, I'll sit there for like you know 20 seconds to see who's going to take charge, yep. and then if no and one takes I, charge, I I'm it. taking charge. And <laughs> I've just so always been that way. That's just my personality. Yeah. And so I marry Sean, who is very much a leader, but yeah. in a very different capacity. Yeah. He is very much in the back. You'll mm-hmm. never see him in anybody's mm-hmm. front row. So it's yeah. funny because now he's in the front row at church. Um, but that's just not who yeah. he is. He's yeah. not going to. He's he's more, mm-hmm. I'm going to come alongside you. I'm going to support. And so he's always, like, supporting. So and nice. so we that started so doing cool. these dinners on yeah. Saturday night, okay. which is the, the service that I pastor. And okay. my husband is literally in the kitchen at church making taco meat like you know and I'm just like taking pictures but like watching him he does so much behind the scenes so much behind the scenes that people don't see don't know about but that's who he's always been and to be honest I used to resent that he wasn't like me because I'm like why wouldn't you want to talk to everybody in the room you know because he's an introvert right and I'm like it's just you're just rude (laughs) (laughs) you're just rude and he's like I'm not rude I just don't don't really yeah. like people like yeah. I don't need to like the talk to way. everybody the way that right. you do right. and so again I'm trying to like you know why isn't he like me yeah. I want him to be like me and yeah. now that I'm a little bit older a little bit wiser <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to see like the beauty and yeah. God putting us together even yeah. though we're so different because yeah. we're able to complement each other so true and um, he's taught me a lot about a lot of things yeah. you know he's extremely generous he's yeah. very um, just laid back like you know I could be like very much like you know like I'm getting my bathroom I keep talking I'm telling yeah, it's consuming I, clearly, me, right? the bathroom I can't wait to see it oh my gosh and so I'm in there like looking at the contractors yeah. I told them the day I said what is our plan for today uh, like I need to I know because this They're is taking like, far oh too God, long. One of those ladies. <laughs> Stop it. I'm like, if I was doing the bathroom, it'd be right. done by now. My right. husband's like, if you were doing the bathroom, you would be sitting in the middle of the floor. Like, what do I do next? Yeah, exactly. um, and so that's just not, he's like, Dana, leave those people alone. Yeah, they know they what they're doing. <laughs> I am so the same way. So I just funny. want to keep them accountable. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. And I, I, my husband is very much like that on every single point that you're talking about. And what I've come to find as we've grown into what I think God has called us to in different this season of our lives is I see the the depth that goes into one conversation that he has. Mm. And it's unbelievable those people leave changed every single time. Whether it's from the element of cooking, because my husband loves to cook. Whether it's the element of nutrition or fitness or overall well-being or marital insight or fatherly insight. Like, he has, he's so good in so many different ways. And I am like, you're so good in so many different ways. You should do this, you should do this, you should do this. You can do this, you can do this, you can do that. He's like, nope. Yeah, not doing I'm good. I, I feel like I'm already doing those things. I'm like, but you're not. Like, this is how I would think that, no, 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 no. His ministry is just so much different than mine. Yeah. And it's so beautiful as I've come to respect it and understand him in those different places, honestly, to the point where I want to be more like him mm. and less like 
go at the front all the time. Let's do this. Let's do this. But that's just how God made us. Right. And I was laughing the other day. I was preparing all of the um, like printed materials and stuff that the women are going to get at the retreat. And I, I was just in such a space of, of awestruck by God because I was putting this together and it's an agenda for like the three days. And I remember getting flashback to middle school when I was in like the student council and we were prepping for our first event and we were, I was doing the same thing. I was putting together the agenda for the week and then I did the same thing in high school mm. and then I did the same thing in college and then I did the same thing after college for an event that I hosted and I was like, holy cow. Like he literally took, he's like those maps that you see on, in like the murder mystery, like series where it's like the red lines yeah. and they take the string and they're like, this connects to this and this connects to yeah, this. Like, yeah. That is God. Like he is doing that all the time with That's us. Right. And like, again, our, our maps are different mm-hmm. and it's never intended, even though our maps intersect and now we're married to these amazing people who are totally different than us. Right. God has such purpose in that we can cover so much more ground mm-hmm. on our different strokes and our different beings mm-hmm. than we could if we were the same. Because mm-hmm. the same, we're going to probably go do this together. Right. Now I support him in his, and he supports me in mine, and we're like, have ah, this such bigger coverage. Right. It's so neat. Yeah, and when you realize that your differences are your strengths, yeah. you know, like usually the things that I'm weak in, my husband's strong in, totally. and then vice versa. Totally. So what the enemy, again, would try to have us do is fight over the things that make us different versus saying, you know what, you, like, my husband um, appreciates the fact that, like, when a decision, like, if I need to talk to, I'm not afraid of conflict. So, like, if you're not doing, like, the contractors or whatever, they're not doing (laughs) something, you know, he doesn't want to, like, deal with that. You know, I don't mind, you know, because I have to live here. (laughs) So, what we're going to do is we're going to do this right, okay? Um, And so, then there are other things that he's really strong in that I appreciate. You know, he's he's made me grow in a lot of ways. Um, And so, when we're able to look at, okay, yes, they're different than me. And this this can be in a friendship, Absolutely. this can be yeah, in a parent-child, yeah. in any relationship, totally. that your person, your loved one's differences are actually your strengths. Yeah. So instead of like resenting them because they're not like you, mm-hmm. it's more wise to say, you know, how can I learn from that? Yeah, you know, God put this person in my life for a reason, that's really good. you know, to show me something. Yeah. And that's where, you know, when I hear couples divorce and, you know, in cases of the, you know, abuse and infidelity yeah, and stuff like that, divorce. but like just normal, I'm not happy with you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like there's yeah. so much that God wants to show you, yeah. but you are like jumping ship before it's he's time. able to show yeah. you those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it does, it can weather you for sure. Mm-hmm. Even in those seasons, like I, I know many I can think of right now that I'm like, man, they've been in that storm for so long Mm -hmm. and nobody would shame them if they decided to walk away and yet they stay Mm -hmm. and, and even being outside of their faith. And that's, those are the people where I'm like, wow, right. Let God get a hold of you and just wait to see what he's going to do with it Mm -hmm. because you've weathered the storm this long. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like a fight for your health. Um, it's the same thing. Like you're putting that in, let God do the work with you Mm -hmm. and see what happens with that, with that journey. Um, it's hard. It's not, it's not easy. I will never say that marriage is easy. And I've had the amazing joy this year to marry two, two couples and 
it has been one of the biggest honors of my life yeah. to stand there knowing that years ago I stood in complete shambles in my marriage and mm-hmm. complete brokenness and complete confusion. And here I am now like giving them words of advice and words of encouragement and saying like, this is not intended for you guys to do this separately. There is so much goodness. The last one that I did, actually, they were, oh gosh, I'm not going to remember the name of the show. They're really huge fans of some, like, old English, like, lordly Is it, show. like, Downtown Abbey or something? Oh, I don't no. know. I, I watch TV. It was so something where there was, like, Vikings and Scotland, Scot- Scottish, Irish people, accents. I don't know. But anyway, all of their family members know that they're, like, obsessed with this. And this is their second marriage. And they wanted me to do this, like, cord, like, hand-binding thing. It very much reminded me of, like, the strain of, uh, of three chords mm-hmm. and interweaving God. So we did all of those elements. But additionally, at the very end, I said, like, these three lines that were exactly redundant of this show. I'm not going to remember what they are in this moment. I wish I did. But it was basically just saying, like, you are together. This is, like, a plan. And you are woven and knit from this point forward. Mm-hmm. And as we were practicing the rehearsal, the intent initially was they were holding both hands. I'm like, wait. You're, you're going to have to walk down the aisle with, like, your whole body binded. <laughs> like, you can't do that. I'm like, wait, 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 we just need one hand. One hand each, one hand each, and you guys can walk out and then unwrap it later. Yeah. But I just remember I didn't have that in my ceremony mm-hmm. when I got married. I had a Christian, you know, ceremony, and we talked about God, and we prayed together, and it was amazing. We weren't in our faith to the place of saying, I am fully redeemed as we are now. Right. And so being able to share that and embed that with people, like it's just, it brings me to my knees every yeah. time. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and now I have the opportunity in a couple of weeks to baptize someone for the first oh, time. That's awesome. Which she was like, her, her husband had so many questions. Like, can you even baptize not on a Sunday? Can you baptize outside of your church? You can, can be you, in a pool. Girl, you can be anywhere. Yeah. And you're like, isn't it supposed to be your pastor? Like, why are you choosing this person? Do you even know her? Oh, wow. <laughs> Like, all of these questions and it's I, like so found you online or something right? they're like oh cool she would be great no we've been connecting for like over a year and she calls me her spiritual mama which is hilarious because I'm so far from that at this point in my life yeah. but I'm so glad to just be a sister in the journey alongside of her mm-hmm. um but she is she's in that like baby phase of like you just want everything Jesus and like not that I don't want everything Jesus I still do to this day but I remember the eagerness of like mm-hmm. God, show me yourself mm-hmm. in such a way that I like continually want to like have that part of me. Never forget mm-hmm. that transition. So um, good. But yeah, it will be so. It'll be so amazing. I can't wait to talk about it and share with everybody. Yeah, yeah. that's such an amazing experience. It really is. I'm sure. Yeah. Have you? Did you get to baptize like your own children? Have they been baptized and stuff yet? My kids have. So my older two have been baptized. Okay. Um, now they were the older two are 20 and 17. They were right. they were baptized as kids, okay. like five, six years old. Now yep. they had saving faith. Like. Okay. I'm kind of, my philosophy is I don't ask my kids, like, are you ready to get saved? Like, I teach them, you know, at home. Like, I believe in parents. We are supposed to teach our kids at home. So we're not dropping them off at Sunday school and hoping that, you know, the volunteers are teaching Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday school teacher. Um, And so my kids both came to me at different times saying, you know, they wanted to be saved. And so they were, and we got, they got baptized as kids. Now, when Chris was 15, he said, this is, uh... This might make me cry, Aww. but he said um, he was he wanted to be baptized, and I was like, "Oh, well, you are, but like, tell me about that." Yeah. And he was like, "Well, I was little, and I don't really think I I don't really think it meant a lot, you know. So I want to be baptized again." Now, Chris 
was he gave us a rough when I say rough I'm like capital R like rough exclamation point (laughs) 14 was like the years from Hades okay and so 14 he was like going through all this stuff all this transition turmoil in the house all the time so at 15 he decides he wants to be baptized and so I could see a remarkable difference in his behavior after he was baptized he got baptized on Easter Sunday when he was 15 years old and just before he moved out, he wrote me this long letter and he was like confessing, like just asking for forgiveness. And there's some things. And so he had, uh, talks about that stage in his life when he was 14. And he's, I had never said to him, like, you're so different now that you're baptized. I never expressed those sure, words sure, to him. Sure. I would say it to my husband. Yeah, I would say it to my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so in this letter, Chris wrote, he said, um, I know that something happened to me um, that changed me. He said it was after I got baptized. He was like, I no longer thought those thoughts. I no longer wanted to do those things. And I thought, if that is not the testimony of like God's encounter with you, baptism is so much more than just a symbol. It's so so much more than just something that you do because it's a command. You literally experience power in those baptismal waters when you are dead to your old self and you are made alive in Christ. And so to hear my 19-year-old son at the time say that, no one coached him to say that. You know, yeah. and so it's such an honor. Now, my daughter hasn't asked to be rebaptized, okay. um, and the little boys haven't been baptized okay. yet. And again, I'm just kind of waiting yeah. to see, like, because yeah. I want it to mean something. Yeah. What does that mean to yeah. you? Yeah, I don't. I was never baptized, and so when I got baptized, we've actually gotten baptized um, both my husband and I on the West Coast by the same woman who married us, which oh, was sweet. such a treasure. Um, and then we got baptized on the East Coast. In the middle of a storm by our pastors currently. Wow. And there's the, you know, the Psalms 125 as as far as the East is from the West. And that mm. was a, such a part that of my, so trans, like the transgressions that are completely removed. That's right. Um, and that was such a part of my testimony and my heart for, I, I want it all gone. Like, I don't want, mm. I don't want to have to go back. I don't want to have to worry. I don't want to have to even be anything like the person that I was before. Mm. And so while... I have friends who have been with me through the longevity of my relationship with the Lord, um, my relationship with just being friends with them prior to being saved and baptized. And I don't think that they would say that I'm a different person, but I know that they have seen such a change to the point that some of those people have now come to the Lord because they're like, what is it? Yeah. What is it that you've experienced? And I am sure as a mom, you saw all those changes, but I'm Mm -hmm. sure his friends saw that Mm. and he had the opportunity to be a living testimony to each of those people, Mm -hmm. regardless of whose lives he knows he's changed. And it's just incredible as you continue to walk out the call in your life that God has for you, Mm -hmm. you are making a ripple effect that you just can't even know the grandiose experience that you're giving other people Mm -hmm. by shining his light. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's an amazing visual. I'm again, a visual learner, so I can see it happening, but it's almost as if like when God is walking on water and he asked Peter to come, you know, out of the boat, like just the belief system of him standing out of the boat. Imagine they only really talk about Peter at that point, but imagine the people in the boat watching him. Mm-hmm. Those boats weren't manned by one person. Right. They were manned by many. Yeah. And so to know that experience for them and the life changing experience of I'm falling, he picks me back up, like mm-hmm. all of that. I just, 
I feel like that was my life. Mm. And so it's been amazing to like stand on water with Jesus. Like yeah. it's that he makes it. And that's what the baptism component of water. There's so much thing, so much life in water. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just going to be really amazing to, to experience it with someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. And have our kids do it. It's right. going to be incredible. Yeah. And have your kids asked to be baptized? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, yeah. No, yeah. They're still they're, they're they're little, little, but yeah. I was so amazed the other day. I came out of Starbucks, and when we went into Starbucks, I saw this this older woman with her Bible and an orange bike. The orange bike is what caught me. I was like, oh, that's a fun beach cruiser. And then I saw her just reading her Bible, and I'm like, oh, well, that's going to be the days yeah. <laughs> when we could just go to Starbucks and just right. read the Bible all day long, like yeah. just pour over that. And so I'm bringing my kids in, getting coffee, and as we're going out, I'm like, hey, you guys see that lady right there? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, we should really ask her like what she's reading. I'm so curious what she's reading about. And they were both like, uh, you can ask. <laughs> I'm like, come on, like we should find out. Well, my son is very like eager. He BS, like, what's going on? Let's have a conversation about this. My daughter is like behind me. Uh-huh. And she's like, You do it, Mama. I'm like, okay. So I was like, so we were wondering what you're learning about today. And it could have gone so many different ways. I was like, I'm trusting God in this moment. That she's because, a nice Christian. Oh, a nice Christian <laughs> in like understanding of the Holy Spirit. Like she that she is like open to that, that she thinks that these babies are, you know, blessed names and that they're already saved under the Lord. So many things. I mean, there's so many thoughts that were going through my head. I'm like, okay, this is happening. Mm -hmm. And so my, she started talking and she just was a light, just so good with babies, so Mm -hmm. good with the kids. The kids just took to her to the point where they slowly, without anybody like pulling out a chair or her saying, sit down with me, baby. They just were like so eager. They pulled out the chair slowly and just sat down and like were listening and engaging and having full conversation with her and answering every question that she had about the Bible. They knew it. That's awesome. And they knew it. And I kept being like, I still have a good job. <laughs> this is amazing. It was such a point of affirmation because sometimes you just don't know. Right. And girl, you talk, you opened up with about like your stern voice. There are plenty of times where I'm like, gosh, I did that wrong. Mm-hmm. Man, I, now I have to go and ask for an apology. Mm-hmm. I, I could have done this differently. That, like so many points and even at the beginning of their lives, not being the present mother that I am now when I'm with them, I, I missed the opportunity. Like mm-hmm. I want to have... My husband won't come me if I say this. I want to have another baby just so that I can, like, be me, the me that God has transformed me to be, the me yeah. that I was intended to be with a newborn. Mm. Like, I just have that desire so bad. And whether it's I get to be a godmama to all the babies, which I now get to be, which is so fun, or it's my own, like, I just have such a desire for that. So to know that it's resonating and to know that you are teaching mm-hmm. and that you're leading by example and that they see and they hear all of those things. Yeah. The lady was just like, mama, I am impressed. That's so good. And a new practice that we have had, because I think for me, and I, I'll be honest in this, it's very hard for me all the time to pick up the Bible. I want it. It stares at me. I know I need to pick it up and do it. I have my daily devotions that come to me via email. I have my apps. I have all of those things. But it's there's something very different about those things than when you pick up the actual Word of God mm-hmm. and, and you dive into it. It's something I want to do more often. Um, but I'm always listening to worship songs and I'm listening to pastors via um, you know podcasts and all that. Um, so I, I was struggling in that and wanting a way to be able to be with the kids and be present with them with the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so finding time in our busy schedules, it's a really hard thing to do. So I have made it a practice that we listen to the Bible on tape 
via like a children's Bible story story on the way to school. We mm-hmm. added 15 minutes to our drive this year because of where we moved to. And so I was like, I want this time to be like relaxing for them and not feeling like rushed out of the house because it was right. earlier. And also like going in to their school day, like armored in mm-hmm. the word of God. And um, we started doing that this year and it has been the most abundant experience because they don't fully understand it even though there's like it's definitely children's like stories they're Mm -hmm. they're you know talking about um the lion's den or the story of joseph and the brothers and the turmoil that went through with that um and it's above their head they're four and six Mm -hmm. so they're they're hearing it and they hear the dun 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 and like the scary thing and the little say words like and he was thrown into the lion's den for death and he's like what's death? Oh, and I'm like, oh gosh. Wow. <laughs> and so it's like seven yeah, yeah. in the morning and I'm like, well, dying is when and like death is this. <laughs> Have but, a good day. Yeah, it's like, so, <laughs> so I intentionally choose ones that are with this time frame that I know that I can pause yeah. and, and share and teach and keep going again. Okay. Wait, what does this mean? Stop. Let's go and talk through this. What does this mean to you? And by the time we get to school, sometimes we sit there for another three minutes and I make sure I can like close out what they've just learned and how we can apply it to our day or our life. Um, it, I just would encourage people to, to try it, to mm-hmm. do it because mm-hmm. it is, we all are busy. We all have, you know, we're moving a million miles a minute. There's always something that comes up that like, it seems that the Bible comes last mm-hmm. and I get it. But I don't want that to be the case. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, how can I put into practice that the Bible comes first? Mm-hmm. And if it's a part of your day that that is what you do at that hour, it becomes habitual to the point yeah. that you crave it when you don't have it. Right. And so I wanted to instill that in my children and to see that experience. It was such affirmation that God was like, well done, my good and faithful it's servant. Good. Like he, it's getting in there. It's so good. Yeah. It was yeah. so, so cool. And another thing for me to just like see somebody out and random, you know, I don't know who she was or what she was going to do, but to trust God that the people he puts in your line of sight are people that are intentional mm-hmm. and to not ignore that. And if we're looking down at our phones and we're not engaging and we're not in those moments, good. how could God even use those places? How could God even speak to you mm-hmm. if you're not allowing another human being to even speak to you? Right. Cause God speaks through other people. Too. And Absolutely. that is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. When that happens. Absolutely. That's so sweet. It, it was really cool. Yeah. I think, you know, I was talking with a coworker of mine and we were talking about teaching our kids the word and um it it just saddens me I think that there's so many um there's so many parents who like they they focus on like their relationship with the Lord. So they mm-hmm. might be going to church, they might be yeah. reading their Bibles and their kids are literally starving. They're That's not teaching their so children. True. And they're expecting the church to be the one that teaches the kids and then when they feel like the church isn't measuring up, they move to another church. Yeah. And so my coworker and I were saying like the way I grew up Thank God for this. I didn't thank God for it at the time because I wanted to like do what I wanted to do. But my mom would like make us read our Bible and she was a teacher. So then we had to like write literally like write up a little paragraph essay of what we learned. And so, and my mom knows the Bible like hand and foot inside out. So you couldn't like make up something (laughs) because she'd be like, no, no, no. Nehemiah 5.4 does not say that. Like she is extremely like Bible literate. And so, um, growing up, you know, I used to be like, oh. You know, oh, I have to read the Bible yeah. before I could go outside or oh, yeah. before I could get on the phone or whatever. I have to wow. read the Bible. 
And then, like you said before, like yeah. it might start off as a discipline, yeah. you know, but I heard uh, a guy named Larry Lee say years ago, he said, you know, spending time with the Lord starts off as a duty, yeah, right? And then it, it turns into a discipline and then it turns into a delight. Uh-huh. And so if you can just stay the course, just stay with it, stay with it. And then you start to get to the point, like literally, if I haven't read my Bible, I'm yeah. like, I'm like shaking. Yeah. Like it's like, you know, I feel off. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, yeah. I, I, I'm physically different. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, I just don't feel, I don't feel right today. Yeah. You know, and I do still read like the, the pages, yeah. you know, cause oh, so good. it's just something it's so about good. it. Like I have yeah. my Bible app, but it's yeah, like just something about it. Yeah. But like with my boys, what we started doing is at night yeah. because yeah. we go so hard during the sure. day. Right. Sure. And I am definitely not a morning person. So I am like okay. sleeping. So like the last possible <laughs> right. minute. Right. And so at night I realized, oh, well at night, you know, we're calm. Yeah. Everybody's in bed. We've got our snacks done. Yeah. Our lunch is made. Now we can read the Bible and they can kind of go to sleep. Yeah. And that, that's, that's what works yeah. for us. And yeah. so I think just finding whatever works yeah, for you. Totally. But one of the things that like, I'm a mentor mom for a mops group. Oh, cool. Mothers of preschoolers for those yep. of y'all who didn't know. But um, I tell the mothers that, you know, just like we, you would never let your children go a week without eating physical food. Mm-hmm. Like you would be in CPS would be at your door. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Like yeah. you have to feed your kids physically. Yeah. And so it's the same, like we have to feed our yeah. kids spiritually. Yeah. And so, so if my kids are arguing, which they do, this and yeah. the 12 year old, they're bickering, you know, I take them to the word. Yeah. I'm like, you know, guys, how, how are you treating each other? What, what fruit of the spirit are you exhibiting yeah. right now? Yeah, and they good. know all the fruits because uh-huh. we've taught them that's and they good. have little fruit trees and oh, on the sides of their bed with all the fruits of the spirit, you so know, but cute. it's like making the Bible practical and not only using it as a way to discipline, right? right? Cause right, that can right, backfire, right. Oh, yeah. but also using the word of God to enhance, like in yes. that situation with the lady at Starbucks, yes. like they're able to see like God's word in real life. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing that's going to stick yeah. with them, you know? So, so when they're 20, like oh, mine yes, is now, so and you're able to talk to them. And, um, I remember Chris told me years ago, he's like, mom, I know it seems like I don't listen to anything you say, but I, I'm listening to you. Oh, wow. You're like, thank you, Jesus. Oh my God, I needed that. You know, yes. because I guess when you just wait, yes. when your kids oh, are teenagers, I don't want to think about it. You know, they're going to look at you like this. Oh, I already get this. Eye, and it's all getting in, yeah. you know, right. Whether they're listening or not. It's yeah. so true. It's so yeah. true. Gosh. Oh, oh. <laughs> Crazy for getting through it, girlfriend. You're oh, I have two more coming up. It is so scary. I was with my niece yesterday and um, I heard she was like, Oh, my boyfriend. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're what? <laughs> you said what? My heart and like was in stomach was in knots, and I'm just thinking about myself in those shoes. And I did not know the Lord, and I am so grateful that she does. Mm. And I just pray that, like, it, she leans into Him and yeah. not into Him, mm-hmm. because Lord knows what that can do. Mm-hmm. And so, it, but again, God uses all things, just like He did when you were a seventeen-year-old mom. That's right. And I just think there's so much power in our testimonies, even the trials, mm-hmm. more so the trials mm-hmm. than there is in the goodness of our lives that people can resonate and relate and understand how powerful he is, that he has that transformative power, that we are redeemed in him, Mm -hmm. that you do have this relationship that is now stewarded and you get to cultivate four tiny humans into, you know, daughters and kings of the greatest son, you know? I mean, it's just incredible. So before we end today, because we we could chat for hours, we did the other day, uh, was that I wanted to share, today is Rosh Hashanah. Did Uh you know this? I did know that. Okay, so our kids have off school. That's why they're off. Okay. 
how was that making the connection when yeah, you told me that? Yeah, because okay. public school is, is open right now. Yeah. So our school celebrates every Jewish holiday, every holiday, I think, for the most part, but Jewish holidays specifically. Um, and I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, it's a holiday. Let's go. Great. We are off school. <laughs> and there, I was with my pastor's daughter, was staying the night, and she was like, oh, yeah, I know what it is. I'm like, oh, what is it? And she was like, oh, it's like the, the Jewish New Year. I was like, oh, kind of wrote it off. And I'm like, I still feel like there's got to be, like, I want to know what that means. What does that mean? Why wouldn't they just do it another time? So I looked it up, and I don't know if you knew this, but in addition to it being the Jewish calendar starting today, it is a, the day that Adam and Eve were made hmm. is what they believe. And I was like, wait, what? So the start of humanity happened on this day. This is huge. Everybody needs to celebrate. Like, right. we wouldn't be here if this didn't happen. Yeah. So I, I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to celebrate <laughs> Eve and the descendants of our entire heritage. Yeah. Um, but also, you had said something at the beginning and it about marriage. Or not the beginning. It was like in the middle of it. But you said that, you know, the strengths and the differences of who we are as people and you were relating it to marriage and it immediately made me think of the racial discrepancy that happens all the time, even mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And that if we could just, we could value the strengths of our sisters mm-hmm. and our brothers mm-hmm. and look at it from every line, like that God wants us all the differences that we have are intentional differences mm-hmm. and not to hate them, right. but to celebrate them yeah. and to know at the end of the day, we all, the same place, mm-hmm. the same lineage. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful to you to like be here and to know that we are both just like pouring out what God has poured into us mm-hmm. on a daily basis in our community. Mm-hmm. I started this out in a prayer that you guys didn't hear about us. You know, I sense this revival in our city in so many different ways. And I think it's it's stemming from conversations like this. It's stemming from the, our churches that are doing such a beautiful job of, like, continuing to steward the Bible even when things are happening. That would make people throw the Bible away. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is still activity in the Word and that we are stewarding that as active participants of the kingdom mm-hmm. day by day mm-hmm. um, to know that God can essentially use all of the things that are our gifts as weapons just as you started out he, he used that tongue he used that ability to create words and yet you're here speaking life and so I'm great I'm just grateful to see the transformation that God's put in your life Thank you, Tamara. This has been so good. I'm just grateful for what God is doing in you and for the retreat coming up and just how God is using you as just such an authentic voice to women. I think, um, you know, I I feel like we're kindred in this way that, like, I tell people I don't have time for fakery. Like, I just, I don't want to do that. Like, I would just rather just, you know, no. Um, but God is using you to be an authentic voice to women Thank and to, you know, welcome. Everyone's welcome. You know, yes, everyone's welcome. Yes, we're all yes, on yes, different yes, so journeys. Yes. And that's the thing that you were saying earlier, too, yeah. is that no one has arrived. No. We will never arrive. No, and the moment that we think that we have, we're done. Ooh, about to be we're done. done. We're done on the pedestal. Yeah, <laughs> we're done. Jesus. That's right. Tell me about your book before, because I haven't even read it yet. I want people to go and read it and yeah. learn more about you. So I want to know, can I get it on Audible? You can get it on on Amazon still. Amazon. Okay. I never put it on Audible. This can was in two. Can you do it? You can come here and record. Oh my gosh. 
show. That would be so that would cool. Be, you could relaunch that would be it great. on Audible. You know what? So it's crazy. Ooh, so I'm in the process of writing two books right now. Two. One, I didn't know two. At the same time. Yes. So one is nonfiction, oh, and then the second okay. is the fiction book. Remember, I told yes. you I like yes, yes, you know yes, psych myself out thinking the yes. second book was going to be done. But um, so the first book was called The Choice That Changed Your Life, yeah. and it's loosely based off of my life as a teenage mom. Yeah. And so good Christian girl, you know, gets involved with this guy and um, ends up pregnant. And so she's now facing a decision, the biggest decision of her life. What am I going to do? Am I going to abort? Mm-hmm. Am I going to carry the term? Am I going to place for adoption? And so it kind of talks about that whole journey. And then she begins to have conversations with her own mother who then her past is kind of drudged up. So wow. it's a book about not only this girl's decision, but also how our past mistakes affect our children mm-hmm. and how as parents it's so important that you know we walk in the light and that we walk in forgiveness and restor- restoration and repentance because the sins of the father are passed on to the, the children. And so I think last time we talked, we yes. talked about those generational yes. curses or yes. generational whatever the word is sure. that you want to put there, yeah. right? Yeah. Generational. And my mom was a teenage mom. Her mom was a teenage mom. My sister was a teenage mom. And so this thing has just been kind of going down. When I first started learning about generational curses, I said, this is, this stops with me. My children will not be teenage parents. No, not, I only have one daughter, but no, my sons won't either. My sons won't either. Well, you got one out there. Exactly. He's 20. He's 20. He made it. He's 19. All right, Kayla. Come on. You know, my daughter, I'm like, you can do it. Yeah. So, and thank God, I mean, he's been faithful. And so, you know, that, that's. That's what the book is about. That's and so, so good. I love yeah. that you told me too that it resonated with so many women. You were thinking it was going to be this niche of young adults. Young adults yeah. And yet it's hitting 56 year old women who journeyed through it or are watching their daughters journey through it or mm-hmm. anybody. And right. so, again, like God is so good mm-hmm. that even our narrow minded concepts of niche, which that word is so trendy and in the business world right now, like right. God can use things way more than you will ever, ever imagine. Absolutely. So now you're writing the sequel to that. Right. And, and a book on marriage. And it's so interesting because the sequel, so in book one, we kind of get introduced to um, Sadie, who's the main character. Her parents have a very tumultuous marriage. So you're seeing little seeds of that interwoven throughout book one and book two really focuses on their marriage. Well, in the meantime, I'm writing that. And then the Lord gives me like a nonfiction book on marriage. And so I'm like, this is wild, Lord. Like sometimes I just can't even stand it. I'll be writing. Mondays are usually my writing day. And I'll be like writing and I'm like this. I I just feel like I'm having an outer body experience. Like who is this writing these words? Um, so we'll just see what the Lord does with this. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with everything that you guys have come through, it would be amazing even to see what that comes out, whether it's in a podcast or it's in another book or mm-hmm. it's in a marriage retreat that you guys do. Yeah. Like it would be really cool because it's such a broken space in society mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so needed. Totally. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. So what are the name? What's the name of the first one that they can get now? The choice that changed her life. The choice that changed her life. Mm-hmm. It's such a pretty name. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you guys go find I'm Dana Shea Williams. She's incredible. She also does speaking engagements. I know around Hampton Roads. Um, I've been and seen her speak actually before I even knew who she was. So it's incredible how God uses that um, to just bless people. I'm thankful for you. Thank you so much, Tamara. It was awesome. Yeah. Hey y'all, I hope in today's episode you sense an ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your wholeness journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. 
By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Fit and Faith with the hashtag Fit and Faith Podcast so I can help you stay accountable. We're in this together, right? Community over competition is the motto. I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. Let's fuel the flame and share the gift of wholeness with everybody. Until next time, cheers to your health and happiness. Hello, hello, Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search Your Daily Bible Verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.